This is Alex Massa, and you're listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Bob Nolly. Yes, they are. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Oh my gosh, you keep finding your way back to us. And we love you for that. Thanks. How is everyone? Are the corners of your mouth turned up? Work on that. All right. Everybody, get up here on the porch. There are not many chairs here today. It's crowded. All right, here we go. Folks, when you found your way to the podcasting world to get to us, you undoubtedly lent an ear to the juggernaut of the show, Entrepreneur on Fire with John Lee Dumas. John was gracious enough to join us here. See episode 29, number 29. And he talked to us about his take on leadership. But in my mind, the heart of the Fire Nation is the community they've created. And that is the work of our guest today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the program the hugely wonderful and always gracious Kate Erickson. Kate, how are you? I'm doing great, Bob. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. See, that is very gracious. Thank you so much. So, <laughs> you know, when I talked to John, you guys had just gone to Italy and visited Cinque Terre, and that part of the world is just beautiful. And My, it's so nice. And, of and course, blowing. on that trip, I lived vicariously through all the photos. But now you've just returned from a big event at the Philippines. So uh, what's the other side of the planet like? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. The weather was beautiful. The people are beautiful. Um, everybody was so kind and so accommodating. Chris Ducker and his team who put on the event in the Philippines, Tropical Think Tank, wow. I mean, they just blew me away with their organization and their ability to put on an event that was so incredibly intimate, um, that moved and changed so many people for the better. It was really, really incredible. Everyone I talked to just said, they left that event changed. That's that's really a testimonial to how great an event that was. Absolutely. I mean, being that close to that many people, there was only 50 attendees there and 10 speakers. So the speaker to attendee ratio was pretty out of this world. And and to have that time with people over, you know, a period of three or four days where you're eating breakfast together, you're attending sessions together, you're doing masterminds together. That's a lot of really intense and amazing relationship building time. And Chris and his team, they just do it right. They make you feel so comfortable, so at home. And, uh, you know, every everything from the meals to the actual sessions to the fun events that we did. I mean, we went on like a snorkeling cruise and all oh, just like really cool great. stuff. Yeah, oh, that's just great stuff. So, you know, that's that's the power of the mastermind right there. And that's something we stress to all of our listeners here as well. And they'll have an opportunity to join one here soon and they will hear more about the new leaderati coming up. So what I wanted to talk to you about today to get your take in leadership was just to frame up, you know, where you came from, you know, at least out of the corporate world. And, you know, I won't go as far to say as you and I are cut from the same bolt of cloth, but we did, I think, both get started in, in the banking area because I think you were in commercial lending, then in HR. Is that not correct? Yeah, absolutely. So, so when you got out of school, you know, how did you get there? How did you land there? 
Well, I actually landed at my very first banking job ever. It was at a small private bank and I actually knew the owner's son. I went to high school with him. And so I heard about a position opening and I was actually working there during high school and um, was doing new accounts and, you know, the whole checking IRA type thing. And so I was actually at with that bank, which is where I got into commercial lending as well, um, into my college years. So it was sort of a friend connection, you know, the people that you know type of thing um, that landed me that job. Yeah, I, when I started in banking, I was in check processing. And the joke is always that when I was in college, I was a bus driver because all those all those people that are driving buses look cool and I wanted to have fun like them and I needed to make <laughs> some money. So when I get out of school, I put on my resume – I have transit experience. Love and it. of course, in banking, transit means check processing. So to this day, and if they're listening, I apologize, but to this day, I know that recruiter just said, oh, look, he's got transit experience. And they put me right <laughs> into check processing just like that. That's amazing. That's what a great it. story. And, and, and the joke is later on, you know, I was the float manager somewhere. And uh, banks are, of course, very conservative because of the fiduciary nature of the customer relationship and all those things. And... You know, my, my first my first month as a float manager, I bounced a check in my staff oh. account, and that's like a huge no-no. Don't, don't yeah. ever do that. Because I went, you know, before Check 2000, you know, I wrote a check and thought, oh, it's not going to get back to the bank till Monday. Well, well there you go. So I got to start talking <laughs> to you with that. All right. So uh, when did you know it was time to get out of that? Well, you know, I was very lucky to move up in that you know, atmosphere, because again, it was a very small private bank, there's probably a total of 20 employees. So the fact that I went from, you know, check opening checking accounts to then moving into IRAs and learning about that sort of thing, um, then into the commercial loan processing department, I mean, I gained a lot of experience there. And um, still to this day, and always will be very grateful for that opportunity, because there is really no reason for them to put me in that position. Um, because I had no experience. So I knew it was time for me to move on when I was in the commercial lending department. There really was nowhere else for me to go. Um, there, there wasn't another level there unless I wanted to start selling commercial real estate, which I didn't want to do. And so it was at that time that I decided I was going to go back and earn my graduate degree. So ultimately, me going to graduate school is what pulled me away from that job. Okay. And so, you know, here's what I like on your resume. And this is just a matter of personal taste for me. You know, when I, when I look and see that you majored in English as an undergrad, which mm -hmm. I was too for a while, and then in English lit, you know, why that choice? Tell us about that choice. Yeah. Well, I was very, very passionate about writing. Um, it was, I chose English as an undergraduate major because I went into my advisor's office one day. And she looked at me and she said, Kate, if you don't choose a major, you will not graduate in four years because I was well into my sophomore year at this point. And I was just kind of floating around, you know, all of the subjects and topics and trying to figure out what it was that moved me enough to say, OK, I'm actually going to major in this. And it was an English teacher that I had by the name of Dr. Michelson. So if you're tuning in, that would be amazing. He's actually the person who inspired me to become an English major because he, when I was in his class, 
Like I could feel his passion through the way that he would talk about pieces of work, through the way that he would, you know, help with our writing assignments. And he's really who pulled me into this whole idea that unlike math and science, which is very concrete, you know, if X, then Y, English is something that you can take and everybody has their own perspective on it. Uh, these writers from, you know, the 1800s and and all these amazing works of literature, I mean, these people are dropping references that it, like it was just mind blowing to me that there were all these different ways that people could, um, you know, uh, decode that, I guess you could say. And so for me, what really attracted me to English, and, and I was exposed to this idea from this specific teacher, is the idea that everybody can look at it differently. And you can have a different take on a piece of work if you read it today versus five years from today. And I just really liked that open... Um, you know, endless possibilities of writing and reading that that he taught me. And so that's what really got me initially in um, that major. But the reason that I went to graduate school is because I actually started following a path where I was very, very, um, you know, passionate and focused on becoming an English professor in college. And again, this goes back to every English teacher I've ever had. To see how excited and happy they are at the front of the classroom made me want to be there too. Oh, uh, Kate Erickson from EO Fire Nation with us here today. I, I'm almost in tears listening to you tell that story because there's so many great parallels there. Uh, one of the key teachers for me was my, I have to go back to high school though, one English teacher. And if my college advisor had had that kind of conversation with me, I'd probably be in better shape today. Their conversation <laughs> was me like, you need to go to class more because yeah. I was doing too much transit. That's exactly what it was. Uh -huh. So in high school, uh, we had to do this, not, not a thesis, but a huge senior paper. And she said, what did you want to do? And of course, I was in the Tolkien in a big way and had read that. She goes, you want to do the Tolkien paper? And I just this I just found out she, her name is Jean Saunders. She's still with us on the planet. And her daughter just said she's living with her. And I have, actually I have a draft of a letter here thanking her for all she taught me. But uh, mm -hmm. what she did to me, she says, all right, you've read Lord of the Rings. Go back and read this essay on Tolkien and tell me if it's a fairy tale or not. And I just didn't understand the assignment. I mean, she was laying out the premise for the paper. She was saying, take what Tolkien says a fantasy is in this essay and apply it to Lord of the Rings and see if it applies there. And I, I just didn't get the whole concept of, you know, mm -hmm. applying a framework to one other course. It's very simple now to all of us here, but, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't get it. But she stuck with me long enough to get me to see that at what that was and what the assignment was and the critical thinking skills she had me developed right there. I'm still using today and I'm so thankful to her for that. So there you I go, love Jean. It. Thanks. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So looking back, you know, whether it's in academia or back in the banking world, if you could look back to any leader, any teacher you worked with or worked for over your entire career and reach out and thank them, who would that be and how come? Oh, man. Gosh, that's big, Bob. <laughs> um, I would I would have to say um, Dr. Barton, who was one of my English professors in my undergrad who is really the person in my past who I feel like gave me the confidence I needed. He is, and I believe to this day, the reason that I ended up pursuing my graduate degree and actually following through with that. Because whereas I felt like a lot of professors and teachers, you know, in my English background would 
really hardcore criticize my papers and, you know, maybe talk down about the way that I was uh, writing something or um, reviewing something, which I appreciated. Critical criticism or um, constructive criticism is absolutely necessary. Dr. Barton did it in such a way that like it actually helped me become more confident as a writer and more confident as a reader. And, you know, for that, I will be forever in debt to him. He wrote my um, recommendation for graduate school, um, was just a, a really great mentor to me in the respect that it was not only constru- constructive criticism that he gave me, but he truly gave me the confidence that I needed to believe in myself. Oh, oh, that's just a great story. That is mm-hmm. just great. Um, knowing we may have both started banking, but we're clearly at different points on the timeline now, and you're in the middle of, of huge successes. Do you ever see yourself standing up at the lectern and being a teacher at some point down the line? You know, Bob, in a lot of ways, I feel like that's what I'm doing right now. And that's why I love our work at Entrepreneur on Fire so much is I've, I was going through college and the corporate world and life really for the longest time, searching for that passion, searching for what it was that I could actually do that would not only fulfill me, but that would help other people. You know, that was a big draw to English for me is because the way that my teachers impacted me, I wanted to be able to do that for people because I, I felt how amazing that was. And I couldn't land a teaching job because of the economy and, you know, all the school regulations and, and budget cuts and everything that were going on at the time. And, you know, I couldn't become a writer because I mean, that probably would have taken me 10 years to do and I needed to pay rent. And so the way that I found myself here at Entrepreneur on Fire, writing a blog, producing a podcast that teaches people step by step on how to grow their business, being in front of a community who is just so thirsty for knowledge, they just want to learn. And so in so many ways, I feel like that's what I do every day. And that's why I am so in love with what I do. That is so wonderful. That's so wonderful. You're also, of course, already, as any good professor would be, also an author. And you've written a book, The Fire Path. Uh, What's The Fire Path all about? Oh my gosh, that's such a big dream of mine. I'm so happy to have accomplished it. And it just feels amazing. You know, there's sometimes that we talk about those big goals that we have. And a lot of entrepreneurs, especially talk about actually attaining that goal or, you know, making it to that big mark and then thinking like, well, what's next? I absolutely did not feel that way. When I published a fire path, I just felt incredible. And I still feel incredible about it. I'm very proud of the work. Um, What it is, is a a step-by-step guide to growing your online business. I don't talk about tactics and techniques and, you know, overall strategy for how to grow your business. I actually show you step-by-step what you need to do. Um, So unlike a lot of other business books out there, albeit people would probably think this is very similar to a lot of works out there, I'm literally breaking down each action that you need to take to start growing an email list to, you know, define your avatar. And I start at the very beginning. There's no skipping over anything here. So the fire path is really that one-stop shop for growing your business. It's an absolutely wonderful book and it prescribes the steps just the way you've talked about there. And you were generous enough to give me a sneak peek at, uh, training materials you have coming out of that. So hopefully, uh, 
they'll be available in the near future, perhaps. Yes. Thank you, Bob. It was so great to have you be a part of that. Oh, well, thank you for that. So the Fire Nation, Entrepreneur on Fire, Podcasters Paradise, Fire Nation Elite, so much more. The sense of community everywhere there is just so strong. So what's the magic? (laughs) You know, Bob, I really strive and hope to continue becoming a better leader myself. And I know that John feels the same way. I think the way that we are a part of our community, we're not, you know, the rulers or um, the people at the top. You know, John and I are just like every single person in our community. We like to be out with them, not, you know, speaking above them. And I think that a really great leader you know, is, and this is actually quite famous quote, so I won't pretend it's mine. A leader is the one who knows the way, goes the way and shows the way. And I feel that, you know, John and I stretch ourselves to do that in everything that we do. I think it's so important to not just preach something, but to actually live that and not just teach people something, but to actually be doing that yourself. And so, Every product, every community, everything that we put out there, it's from our heart. And, you know, it's not just something that we're trying to preach for unethical or, or, you know, any ulterior motives. We're doing it to genuinely help people. And it's just, it's just wonderful. Knows the way, goes the way, shows the way. Just it describes it perfectly. Uh, we uh, we talked on the program here before how we were almost called uh, the approachable leader, and we shifted that for all sorts of reasons. But uh, approachability now is one of the key traits found in any leader. In, in the beginning, when we first started talking about leadership, it was decisiveness and conservatism and driven to results and the like. But now you hear things like the it, it's the core is the ability to foster relationships and get things mm-hmm. done through them. And that yeah. may be just the subtlety of difference for many, but that that's a key. And you guys have solved that. I couldn't agree more. I mean, being, you know, being somebody not only, like you said, approachable, but somebody who can actually create a platform where people feel comfortable, where people know that they're in a safe place where they're around like-minded people who they can trust and who they can rely on for support. Um, that's, you know, that makes a world of difference. Yeah, all the difference in the world. Uh, so if you could get your hands on a woman that is a new BA or even an MBA who has been inspired by your accomplishments, your character, your presence, your body of work, the things you've done, what would you want to say to them? Don't give up and don't let fear or, you know, the imposter syndrome hold you back. I did that for such a long time. And luckily, I found my way. Um, It's still something that I struggle with often. I think that we all always will. Fear and the imposter syndrome is innate. We're human beings. It's going to happen. But, you know, if I wouldn't have embraced that in order to break through it, I wouldn't be where I am today. And And I genuinely believe that there are so many people out there who have so much potential, who have so much to share and, you know, could really be bringing intense value to the world. And they're not doing it because they're scared. 
And so that's what I would say to not let fear or the imposter syndrome hold you back. And thanks for all you have done to help so many people break through and break free of that imposter syndrome. Uh, Kate, you've been a tremendous supporter of the show since day one. And all of us here, thank you for that. Thank you, Bob. I absolutely love what you're doing. I think it's incredible. Leadership is top of the list for me. It's so important. And, you know, I'm really grateful for people like you who are out there speaking with leaders and really helping those who are striving to become better leaders, um, you know, see where they can improve. So thank you for everything you do. Oh, that's very gracious. Kate Erickson of the Fire Nation. If folks want to find out more about the Fire Nation or reach out to you, how can they get hold of you? Where can they find you? Super simple, Bob, over at eofire.com. That's great. eofire.com. We'll link that up in the show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the highlight of your day. This is the highlight of your week. It probably is the highlight of your month, too. Kate, thanks for being here. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Many, many heartfelt thanks to Kate Erickson of Entrepreneur on Fire and the Fire Nation for taking time to be with us today. Kate, thanks for joining us on Labrador Leadership. Imagine if you could create that sense of community for your followers. Take care of one another. See you next time.